nothing. <laughs> Six pack lapping right. at. We got Demir Hamza. Am I pronouncing that properly? Demir Hamza in English. That's okay. correct. <laughs> yeah, close enough, right? Um, and uh, we were just talking about. Well, first off, you were telling me. Uh, you were saying, oh, like, I asked you if you'd done a podcast before. And you said, yeah, I did one a year ago. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, you were 16. And you just started. And um, talk about things moving fast. So you were 16 years old and had a, a supplement company had approached you. And you just had yeah. a couple of competitions. And I'm like, how? And they're like, they, you said they saw something in you already. That's that's the thing, yeah. Other companies look forward to like having a specific reach already, but they were like, yeah, we're seeing something there, and just said, yeah, let's sponsor him. And they're also pretty known in the German-speaking countries, so I just mm. went for it. And by that time, I had already two meets, and yeah, they were like, let's do it. So yeah. Okay, so this is how crazy this is. You had. Two competitions out, like on your open powerlifting. I don't think it's got all your meets, but um, I think by because you were like seven, you hit seven thirty four as a sub junior one hundred five um, in twenty twenty two. Either way, it's not. The point is like for them to have known this fucking guy's gonna be something someday, and boom, you end up like they got lucky. They got, they, they got <laughs> whoever, whoever is in that company. And it's like, I think this guy's got a future. Other people in the company are like, dog, he's 16. He's got two competitions. Slow down. He's like, no, 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 no. Now he probably walks into the boardroom. Like I told you, yeah. I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, as I crazy. said, it's, everything was like really quick. I got in powerlifting that my meet first meet. And then I just, hit i don't know i think my first meet i hit like 680 and then three months after that we had nationals here where i hit uh i don't know 730 730 ish something and after that nationals they pretty much contacted me so i went for that mm. and after that i had euros the european championships and there i just bring back gold so it was a pretty solid decision for them i think too so well, like, okay, just putting in perspective right off the bat, like we'll double back and talk about how you got into powerlifting, et cetera. But just to put in perspective, you're 17 years old, a 105, and you just did 836.5 at the junior or sub-junior worlds. And if you look at historically what 836.5 would have done in 2019 in the open, 855 won gold. And really? 855 won gold, 841 silver. Just to show you some historical perspective, you dog, you're 17. I didn't, okay, I didn't, it's, it's, I didn't even lift there. <laughs> because you were barely you were barely born at the time. I want to go. <laughs> it's crazy. And um you you like on your deadlift as well. Like you almost locked out. You would have thrown like 27 kilos on your deadlift. For your final, that's 27 kilos that could have been on your total or, or whatever. Let me take a look at the stats here. Let's There's actually on. a lot that happened in the background there with like Is that it? lift and everything. Yeah, a lot actually of the competition. Okay, itself. you know what? Let's let's talk about it a bit. But I just wanted to, just for people who are 
tuning in because obviously I've been reposting you. We did a stats show on um, just comparing the juniors of this year to the juniors in the open of other years. It, that was me and Rory. And we mentioned you and talked about how your total would have held up against the open in previous years. And then we just finished recording a junior world recap show. And we only gave highlights the sub juniors and obviously you made the highlights <laughs> but um so people now by the time this podcast drops will have heard about you several times on the podcast and seen you all over the internet and um are like who the fudge like this kid's 17 and he's coming out of nowhere but coming into this world championships like let's get into the background of it but you're training my friend your training coming this was absolutely insane and you and one of your boys, I don't know who it is, but the energy you guys bring in the gym, dog, you guys are like rock and roll like it's a mash. Oh, yeah. That's my, that's my <laughs> friend Simon. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Like sessions with him are really cool. Yeah. It's amazing, uh, man. Yeah. It's crazy um, high energy. Uh, yeah. About the rolls. It was like, it wasn't like the things, like I didn't hit the things that I actually wanted to hit. So because like in the prep, as you mentioned, I did way way more but i also had to change equipment so that's also mm. a factor that goes into that so mm, i was yeah. i was doing like my prep with uh other sleeves yeah and then like a in my last week of peaking i got the package like the spd package and i had to wear that yeah which were fine i would say um mm. but it's just like the difference that i had to make like two two weeks out or so uh that's that's the thing and I just had like three sessions or so and then went into walls. Yeah. It was it was still all right. Um I just I adjusted pretty quick, but it still took some kilos out and just the confidence I would say on the squat. Uh yeah, and on back, uh and on bench. Yeah. I, I went for a world record, um, but I didn't get it. So it was actually my my left foot uh slipped and my left uh erector cranked really hard. So, mm. yeah. And what about, and, okay, well, first off, do you, do you cut, like, how tall are you? Um, 183. That's like six foot, I think. You're about six foot, okay. And you're yeah. 105, so you're walking around about 230 pounds. Like, for a 17-year-old being, and you're Jack, I mean, you ain't, you're not chubby. You being <laughs> six foot, 230 at 17, dog, like, you're, this is, this is freaky for a high school kid. <laughs> yeah, like I'm um, like my my weight usually is at around 107, 108, I would say. Mm. Uh, right now I'm having about 108.3. So I always do like a gut and water cut and then get into it. But I don't like, you know, dehydrate myself too much. Yeah. But like in this meet, my weigh in was at 7 a.m. So this was pretty harsh, actually. And my meet was at like 9 a.m. And actually, my I didn't make my first way in on that day. Damn, okay. So yeah, you, so first oh. off, you're, you're a big 105er. You're a huge 17-year-old. I correct myself. You're not 230. You're like 235, 240-ish range. Yeah. That's, dude, you're huge, first off, for a 17-year-old kid. <laughs> so, yeah, so what happened with the weigh-ins? So pretty much I did my gut cut and water cut and on the meat day there was like a scale, yeah. And that scale was I don't know why 500 grams off. 
yeah and then i went i went up to the scale it said 104.8 yeah and then we go into the way way room yeah with with like my head coach and everything and it says like 105.3 and i'm like oh God. damn oh damn okay the feeling you get the yeah feeling you get when that happens yeah I, I just put on some uh sweaters yeah i went up up and down the stairs there like it was like three three you know things I went up and down. I sweated a lot. Uh, I also spit a bit into like a uh, thing, and yeah. from there on, it took me like half an hour to get into one hundred four point nine. Yeah, oh and and after that, I only had like twenty minutes until I had to be in the weigh room uh, on the on the warm up room. Yeah, mm. and so I just I just drink something. I just drink some electrolytes, carbs, salts, and I didn't even eat something. And then went to warm went to the warm up room already. So. It was pretty harsh, like pretty hard. Uh, so yeah, it is what it is. I think it is what it is. Like obviously, all's well that ends well. When you showed up there, because of all the hype that's been happening, I mean, the on social media, man, you're blowing up. Everybody was like, like not only are the lifts that you're doing insane, um, even if you're in the open, but you being 17. When people read that and see that on the video or read it in the caption. It's crazy. And then the energy you're bringing with you and your boy Simon is like, I think you guys are going to come down to the side of a wrestling ring in, in your professional wrestlers and you're going to tag team match somebody because you guys are like yelling at each other and some bag bagging yeah. each other in the chest. Like, it's crazy. It's wild. It's heavy height. It's perfect to blow up and get and get sent around. Like, look at these kids. Look what they're fucking doing. It's crazy. Um, so the yeah. hype coming into Worlds did you feel like, did you feel that hype? Did you feel expectation on you? Did you feel like, oh my God, everyone's watching? What was it like? So I definitely had some stress, I would say, that I have to perform because I knew like a lot of, like some people would watch, you know? So I definitely had some stress there. And also like the the last two weeks before the competition was pretty stressful for myself. Yeah. So like my last, uh, peaking session, like my last SPD session, my last week of peaking was, wasn't the best actually, because I just had a mm. lot of going on. Yeah. And I also had to make the switch in that time of like the sleeves and everything, you know? Um, so there were just a lot of factors in like the last two weeks yeah, where I didn't have like the 110% mentality. Yeah for roles mm. even though it was my first roles but i was i just had other focuses in that time uh so we just went to roles and actually a lot of people uh went up to me and talked to me you know and i'm like dude that's that's crazy you know that that i was feeling like bro <laughs> Yo, how do you know me i know like yeah you don't know what it's like because your day-to-day -day life will feel entirely normal and everything is online on your phone like yeah. you could walk around in, in your day-to-day -day life. People aren't necessarily going to stop you. They just know you from your day-to-day -day. and everything that like the community that's following you, that's blowing up when it's thousands of likes and thousands of views is all just on your phone. It's not even real. It's almost like yeah. you put your phone down and look at the rest of life and it's normal. So it doesn't fully click it. You pick your phone up. It's blowing up. You put your phone down and you walk to the store. Nobody's stopping you. You go to school, nobody say what it is, what it is, right? Yeah. But you show up at a competition and all of a sudden people are stopping you. Let's take a picture. Let's talk. Oh my God, you're yeah. the guy. And you're like, oh my God, if you're not used to it, 
yeah the feeling is pretty pretty cool actually like from around the world that's the thing like it's just not like from a country or something but it's like from around the world from from japan to the to ireland netherlands everything yeah from around the world that's that's like the really cool thing you know yeah it's yeah. the feeling is crazy actually i can't imagine being 17 years old and experiencing this i mean previous generations wouldn't not in powerlifting because we wouldn't have the social media to make something like this happen and yeah. for you at only 17. So before you got to the world championships and before people were stopping you, did it fully dawn on you? People all over the world are watching. Cause you, you saw like how many comments you get, the likes you get, the shares you get, but did, did so, it fully, did you fully sink in? Like, Oh my God. Like for me, it's like, at the end of the day, it's just like numbers on my phone, as you said. It's just like I go on over to my phone, just like some numbers. Yeah. Even though I know it's like 1,000 people saw that video and maybe liked or something. That's actually pretty cool because if you imagine like 1,000 people in front of you, it would be totally different, you know. But at the end of the day, it's just like some numbers. And I, I actually don't like to focus on numbers that much. I just, I did my content before. I'm doing my content now. It's, it's just, it just stays the same, you know. So I don't mm. like to change myself because of numbers or anything. Well, I mean, now you're getting like 10,000 likes or whatever. Like it'd be, you put 10,000 people in a room. Dog, it's not a room. It's a stadium. Yeah. That, that's actually <laughs> the mean, thing. And you're 17. <laughs> you <know? laughs> that's right. It's uh when you think about it that way. Um, yeah. So, so you show up. It's not fully clicking in. Now it is. People are stopping you. And this is before you did your thing. This is before the hypes, you know, really gotten going. You have a, a hiccup at the weigh-in. And there's, man, there's nothing worse. And you know the worst thing about retaining water when you're trying to lose water is cortisol. Yeah. When your cortisol levels rise, because your stress rises, like you're, you get stressed out. So cortisol levels rise. It's all natural. But when your cortisol levels rise, your body actually retains water. It makes it more difficult to lose water. So it gets tough, man. It like yeah. your coaches will that's why your coaches immediately once you miss and you have like an hour or whatever to to get to hit. First thing your coaches are doing are like relax, calm down, everything's okay. They don't want you super stressed because it just makes it harder and harder. Like, but there's nothing even, like starting starting that. Even after the first way in, like my stress levels, like after the first way in when he said, Yeah, he's not in. I was like, okay. My my waltz is my waltz is done. I, I was feeling like that, you know? And then my head coach was like, All right, man, we're gonna do this. Let's go where this and this, go up and down, take it slowly, we got time, blah blah blah. And then we just made it. But like at that time, like at that fraction of time, I was feeling everything just falling apart, actually. Like the, after the first way in. And after that, um but actually a lot of people didn't make their way in on that day. Like from really? the 93s, yeah, because the scale there was just showing less 500 grams. So they were looking out for that scale. And then when they went to the official scale where they had to make the official way in, it was actually showing uh, 500 grams more, you know. So so, so to, to be clear, so that scale you're talking about was at the venue. This wasn't a scale you brought with you. It was at the venue for people to test their weight. It was at the venue when, where you could also uh, put up like your rack height, your safety height and everything. Yeah, for Actually, that yeah. usually doesn't happen. Usually yeah. that scale that's at the venue 
is exactly either the same scale they're going to use or calibrated the same and they've it already was, tested it. Yeah, it was a different scale, 100%. It looked way dif like different. Uh, but yeah, it's... It is what it Dude, is. <laughs> talk about talk about scaring the heck out of a bunch of sub junior high school kids by being like like they traveled around the world to compete. They got all their friends and family watching, and they show up as like, yeah, you're not gonna lift. You didn't make it, and you're like, oh my god. And there's a lot of things that lifters prep for mentally. Like you tell yourself, like, all right. If I miss a lift, not the end of the world, I could do this, that, or the other. Yeah. It's still going to be tough, but you're used to missing lifts. Very few people have ever missed weight at an international competition. When you miss weight at a local meet, for anyone listening, um, you can still lift. You could even lift a weight class up if you have to. If it's international, you miss weight. You just don't lift. Like you yeah. go home. <laughs> Dude, that is terrible. All the hype. All the people that are so excited about you, can you imagine making that post? Being like, uh, like that's still that's a nightmare. Being okay, I'm gonna post. Sorry, guys. I didn't I didn't make it. I didn't I didn't make weight. That uh, I don't know what to tell you. I'll see you at your actually own. I, I've had some like in that in that moment, I had everything going through my head. Like everything right. from the worst to best situation. Everything. Like in that like 10 seconds where you said, Yeah, you didn't make it. Yeah, but we still for sure had time. Like I think for until like eight thirty or something for like half an hour before the meet starts, you have time to make the weigh in. But mm. in that time, I was like, "All right, I'm I'm not gonna." Like there's there were so many thoughts in your head in that moment, and to be to have to post something like this would be pretty harsh, pretty hard nightmare, dog. I seen it um, when Leah Bavwa in twenty twenty two missed weight. And like, she's in the open. She's like, it was, t she's already won world. And for her, it was like an incredibly stressful situation. Yeah. I've seen it. It's, and that's like, you know, Leah Babble, she's been around the block, done all this all before, like all ups and downs still it's hell, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, it would have been tough, but your, your coaching staff did exactly the proper, you get calm. You got a 17 year old in front of you. You just speak calmly and say, no worries. We got time. Here's what we're going to do. And you take the reins, you take the steering wheel and be like, we first thing you say is don't worry. We have time. And then you yeah. tell them what we're going, this is what we're going to do. So that the, the, the person you're talking to, even if you're not 17, even if you're 27, when you're depleted and everything's hitting you, you just want someone to jump in and be like, I got this relax, follow my instructions. We'll be back in yeah. 45 minutes and we'll be good. But um, yeah, but you know what? This builds character. This happened to you now at 17. And now, you know, you still became a world champion, had an amazing performance. And we'll get into that in, in a second. But now that this happened at 17, by the time you are 27, you know how battle tested you'll be. You'll If you missed weight or miss a lift, or you'll be like, all right, well, what are we talking about here? I'm, I'm good. I've been here. Yeah. I've done this, you know, I, I know, I know what easy. I'm going to do. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's definitely important to just learn lessons. I would say it's all it is is accumulating experience, man. Yeah, but uh, and you were saying too, it was it, and this is the juniors. Wait till you get to the open and experience what that's going to be like. But you were saying even at the juniors, how wild it was 
seeing everybody from around the world that you noticed online, that you noticed on social media, that you're, and you're like, oh my God, we're all here. This is the world championships. And this is, this is. <laughs> yeah. Like it takes some time to really process it once you're there. But like after a couple of hours, you're like, you're looking, you're looking around and you're like, this is worlds. This is the world championships. And you're looking ah. out, just seeing the people that you were seeing on your phone, you know, oh. and everyone's just like on that place. That's, that's really, yeah. Really I know, cool. dude, I'm, I'm so upset that I missed this junior worlds. I haven't missed the junior world since 2016, man. Oh. I'm super upset. I missed it. It is what it is. I'll be back next year, but um, yeah. Right. So you, you started your day, you hit 275. Moved up to 301, and it's a world record attempt. And you're, you're going for a world record on your second attempt. For you, now I had Elias the book um, from Belgium on the podcast for the recap show. And Elias is saying, look, I've, I've seen Hamza hit 330 in the gym before. Like, you've smashed some big weights before. So for you, 301, you're thinking, no problem, right? Yeah. Like, usually uh on the meet like on when i was prepping for the meet i was saying like 300 as some mid hard weight you know that i could squat any day but on that meet day since i was always already struggling with the weigh-in and that i couldn't like hydrate myself that well and also didn't have mm. like any calories in and also one another really important thing i was awake since 2 40 a.m on that day what? Oh, damn, so you got no sleep, barely any water, no calories. And why were you awake so early? Because you were trying to make weight? So, now, actually, I was, I was, uh, I went to sleep pretty early. Like, I went to sleep at, like, 8.30 p.m. or something. I just, I was, I was just tired, you know? And mm -hmm. then I just woke up randomly at 2.40 a.m. And I was, I had to make the decision. Oh, all right, am I going to try to sleep again? But what if I wake up too tired? Yeah, I just had all these thoughts going on and already had some adrenaline, like, you know, adrenaline in me, in myself. So I, I couldn't sleep. So I just said, all right, we just wake up. I took a shower and everything. I just made myself ready. And then I was just chilling. And then we went to the venue pretty early at like 6 a.m. I was already there. And on that scale, it said like 104.8. And then, yeah, it was com completely different, actually. So on the squat, uh, 305, or I think 301 was the second right. attempt. Yeah, uh, was pretty, pretty all right. I would say uh, it also felt pretty easy, uh, but I just didn't have like the confidence around my knees. That's the thing with like the sleeves. In in so first off, that happens a lot. By the way, when you wake up the day of a competition, you know, like in your day to day, you wake up middle of the night and then you just go back to sleep, and you don't even yeah. remember waking up half the time. It's just normal. But when you have the world championships that day, if you wake up and then you realize your conscious wakes up like, oh, I'm awake. And then it hits you. Fuck, I'm at IPF Worlds and I'm about to lift at the world championships in like a few hours. You're not going back to sleep. That's it. When you wake up, you're up. You're That's why like gone. when I uh, like it, for real, I've been there before. And it's like you tell everybody, you know, please don't wake me up. And think I'm gonna come go back to sleep. Please don't wake me up and check something. Or just please don't wake me up here. Because once I wake up, I'm not going back. You're not going back to sleep. You wake up and then you're like, holy shit, it's gonna, it's today. And it doesn't matter if it's hours later, it's over. The adrenaline hits and it dawns on you how serious it is. And yeah, 
that's it, man. You might as well wake up, start checking body weights, start doing the things you're doing, right? Yeah. But, um, and also, like, on the hotel I was staying, we didn't have a scale there. So mm. I was literally just waiting until 6 a.m., didn't drink or anything. I didn't know anything about the weight and just randomly went to the venue and just weighed myself there with a weight, with a scale that isn't correct, you know? So this is where, um, moving forward, some advice I'd give is bring a scale with you and then the day before, bring your scale Compare to, to the, the venue. Scale there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then when you're back at the hotel, if you want to get some calories in you and you could sweat, you could be like, look, if I take out half a pound of body weight in water and I eat half a pound of food, not even the calories, but just the weight of it in my hands, the gut weight that it'll be, that could be a thousand calories though. So for half a pound of sweat, I'm holding a thousand calories worth, which weighs a half a pound in my hands. It, it, like, so you're holding it when you're sit, standing on the scale. So you'll consume the food, have a thousand more calories in your body and just sweat it out. It's, it's in the shower or whatever. So you start doing this game throughout the day. So you have the calories in you. Now, of course, it, it depends on if you're manipulating sodium, et cetera, whether or not what the food is itself. But there's different games you could play. I had on um, Kedrick, who's like the guy when it comes to water cutting and weight cutting right now. He's worked with like all the big names. And um, we we had a podcast. I mean, you you should check out that podcast if you're interested in like weight cutting and, and leveling up on weight cutting. But he talks about all the tricks of the trade on how to get there. And, um, and because it's a piece of it, you can have an amazing prep. And if that weight cut goes sour, it's all, you could have like three months of the prep of your life. The last day, it all goes out the window from a bad weight cut. And that's heartbreaking. Yeah, that's heartbreaking. It definitely is. It definitely is. Um, <laughs> so, uh, about, about the, where were we again? Three, what are the three ten and a half? What happened oh, there with the three ten and a half? Tell on me the three ten and a half. I actually, they were, they said it's because of depth, and they mm. also said it's because of my end position because I'm, I wasn't upright enough. Yeah. Ah. So I got it red lighted, and then my competitor John just did I think half a kg more and just got the world record there. Um, yeah, this was pretty much on squats, I think. Right. And then for the bench press, I mean, look at that's obviously still a pretty good, like, it's not what you probably would have liked if you've done, what's the heaviest you've done in the gym for a squat? For squat? Yeah. For squat, it's, like, here? I've I've squatted 320 several times for, okay. I think, four times or something, and then once 330, but the 330 wasn't depth, clearly. Yeah, and on 320, oh, okay, I just had several attempts i would say that is that i managed to squat 320 and so you know, with all the things going up until worlds i just yeah i don't know i wouldn't say bump out but i just managed to get 301 kg you got a world record dog <laughs> but you know it's it's mature of you to say that the 330 was high most people will do that you at 17 are like nah that was high i don't count that you know? like after after even after the like the single i was like i wasn't happy like i i went up and i was like all right this wasn't that i don't i knew it you know i just knew it from like the 
feeling of like I can already feel like if I hit depth or not, you know. Mm. And after the squad, I was like, all right, this this wasn't this wasn't depth. So yeah. you got a taste of it. It's good to get a taste of these, but especially when you're 17, your strength is growing so crazy that sometimes like you don't even know where your strength's going to be at from month to month. It could be huge jumps. So every now and then it's like, all right, let's throw on 330. And it's like, oh my God, this is it's insane the weight you're shifting at a 17-year-old. So every now and then it's like a it's like a range finder shot. It's like a all right, let me take 330 for a ride. And you'll take it deeper, you know, in a little bit. You take get used to this kind of weight that you have on your back. But it's crazy you're even loading it up, you know. So yeah. It'll be there in the future, man. I definitely like know the feeling of 330, I could say. Like having it on my back, controlling it, going up and down. Like the feeling itself is different to 300. Like it's sure. such a big difference. Uh, actually crazy. It's, dude, you're at 17, like by the time you're 18, by the time you're 19, you're still going to be a teenager. What the hell are you going to be squatting? Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. Um, I'm going to get into like all like your background story and what your friends and family are thinking about all this. And, but, uh, but I am interested in how your family would be like, what the hell is going on with you, my friend? But let's talk about the bench first. Let's get into, into the storytelling. Cause we're on to the worlds. Um, so you go two for three and you attempt the world record. How did bench feel by the time bench rolls around? Are you rehydrated again do you have more calories in you or are you moving too quick and you still haven't been able to yet actually on my bench warmers itself i was sometimes nearly blacking out like i, I saw like everything went just black sometimes i just had to chill out real quick because just like my third squad got red lighted i had problems to weigh in i didn't have any calories in myself i was stressing a lot all these thoughts in my head yeah and while doing that we had really really short time between the um, lifts so we were just a group of six, actually, in the 105s. Oh, damn, you're going to move quick. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, squat was done, yeah? And we only had, like, this 15 or 20-minute rest in between, yeah? And then just, like, the when we were, like, six competitors. And between the attempts, yeah? You're pretty much done with the attempt. And, like, three or four minutes, you're already men mentally getting ready for the next attempt, yeah? yeah. So what in the warm-ups, I was feeling all right i had some yeah let's say back issues i was like cramping a lot and stuff but um yeah leading up to the opener opener was good yeah second attempt also was pretty good and i was like yeah I'm, i will probably get the world record and i i just said to myself yeah i benched more than this several times and then on the third attempt i just my left foot wasn't stable at all so it just slipped and my left erector, like my lower back, went cramping. So, mm. and then I just didn't get it. <laughs> See, that's the thing when it comes to the bench press. People think that it's just like a, like a your lower back. They don't realize how much your lower back can tense up when you set yeah. up properly and get a nice tight setup on bench. Your lower back can tense up easy, especially if you cut a lot of weight. Um, that's where I think, like moving forward, if I don't, do you have a nutrition coach? nutrition coach at the moment like just just a nutrition coach itself no i don't even not even just for like um even just at the end for the cutting part in the recomp when you when you get your calories and water and whatnot even if you just got someone um to guide you through 
for that part would be huge be just to make keep you on pace checking your body weight as you're like doing the water load deload and then because when you start doing that stuff it's it could i mean as you as you could tell it could it can impact you a little bit and yeah. you're gonna get bigger and bigger making 105 is gonna get tougher and tougher we'll talk about where your future in a bit but um yeah i mean it's you're only gonna get bigger and more muscular yeah i think i think in the future it could definitely be an option yeah to have a nutrition coach that can just guide you through stuff like this yeah to just mm. be having like a optimal cut weight water cut and etc and also just having optimal nutrition between lifts could definitely benefit yeah you could definitely have good that benefits for that definitely i mean because you're going to keep putting on muscle mass at only 17 and you're shifting weights you're going to be at some point uh, the difference between a 105 to 120 is huge yeah so you might be like look at i don't know if i want to be 120 maybe at all you know so you even if you're a full-on adult so then that becomes later on more and more important to uh you know just understand have someone help guide you through this and keep you in and i mean you'll end up being an incredibly jacked 105 by the time you're like in your early 20s your body composition is going to shift extremely shredded to be able to make 105 but with you know more and more help you'll be able to do it and then cut whatever water you need to at the end but it gets more and more it's at 17 it's not something you necessarily want to think about too much in between competitions it's just more you're already doing a water cut you're already there yeah. you know so but uh yeah so my water cut wasn't that aggressive though like i just did a cut cut where i lost uh i don't know like three kilograms or two kilograms i would say but where i, I where I did some water loading so i just drink like 11 liters or something a day mm. for and then in two days out i just drink like four liters and then on the day before i just drink like a liter or something um and that usually also helped me i caught it like and at nationals this year i caught it like um 6.3 kilograms with that and yeah. yeah because at, at the times of nationals i was actually weighing a lot uh i think like 110 or something but now I will, i'm trying i'm actually trying to go lower with my weight right now to maintain i don't know 107 or something to just make it easier with the if maybe only doing a gut cut, then just some cutting some water away or something. And my next meet will also my weigh in is at like 1 p.m. So if they don't change anything there, it should also be way easier to make the weigh in. So yeah, it helps you give a little couple, a little bit of a cushion room when you wake up, check the body weight, whatever you got to do. Yeah, I I actually weigh so much less later the day. Like actually, like at the like in the morning, I'm weighing. That's like that's like a two or three kg difference for me. Oh wow! Actually, yeah, it's I don't know. Like if I weigh myself midday, I always weigh way less than in the morning. When when you moved into deadlift, so how are you feeling by the time deadlifts roll around? Because you you start with three fifteen, you smoke three thirty point five, hit a world record, and you got to be feeling semi good, man. Because I remember reposting and you did that ice cold wipe the sh wipe the <laughs> dirt off your shoulder and um so how are you feeling at that point so at the time of deadlifts i was actually getting kind of mad 
at myself that I had. So I was like, dude, this meat is, isn't going like uh, as I want to. And that lift is like kind of my lift that I always like make, uh, like be just good at it, I would say in a meat. So I was like getting really mad in the warmer room. And my plant opener was, I think, 325 actually. So uh, we just dropped it down because my thumb already was opening up on, on my warm-ups. Yeah, on like wow. my last warm-up of 300 kilograms. My thumb was already opening up and I just had some, it was kind of bleeding. So we just reduced the uh, opener to 315. That was pretty easy. And by that time, already my thumb was bleeding a lot. So I just <laughs> actually took some liquid chalk, put it onto the bleeding area. Oh God! You, 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 it actually <laughs> it actually hurts hurts so much, but I just had to do it, you know. Uh, and then I just went for the second attempt on the three thirty, and there my thumb was actually so ripped open. Yeah, and then I just put some more liquid chalk, more normal chalk, and everything, and then went to a third attempt. And there, I was actually feeling like when I put my thumb onto the bar, I was feeling, I was literally feeling the bone touching, touching the bar. It was feeling like that, you know? So, um, about, about the third deadlift. Yeah. It was, uh, a thing for a, I don't know. I don't know for which record it was, but I just said, yeah, let's do 357. And I just went for it. I, I was actually in the lockout, but I just, I just noticed something that, on like above 350 on my attempt at uh, 360 and when i was in belgium with like some friends and everything after my knees lock out my body shifts to the left like my upper body and there i actually lose my grip and this also happened on the 357 like once mm. i lock off my knees i'm literally gonna lock out my body shifts to the left and i, I lose my grip yeah and we're trying to get rid of that at the moment um but I don't know why this happens, but yeah, well, uh, yeah, this was pretty much with the deadlifts. Well, you almost had it. And that's 27 kilos you would add to your total. And your total is already 836.5 for a 17 year old 105. That's if I, if, if I would make all my, all of my th third attempts, it would be 882. So I, my goal was 880 actually. Um, but yeah, I just did like six out of nine. So I'll definitely left some kills there. Can you imagine, dog? You you were putting this liquid chalk directly into your into your bloody hand. If that entered your bloodstream and they blood test you, they'd be like, My God, this guy's got liquid chalk in his blood. <laughs> they'd be like, How badass is this kid? This, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's literally made to power lift. I don't know if Yeah. <laughs> But um... Actually, it was it was it was just like what came into my mind. I was seeing my my thumb bleeding. I was like, all right, let's get some liquid chalk on there <laughs> to have grip. So <laughs> I just did it. Let's tighten it up, man. You're like a soldier in the yeah. battlefield. You, you you stitch it up the best you can, and you keep soldiering <laughs> on. So when it was all said and done, like you obviously had anticipated winning the worlds, um, but it, so it might not have been the numbers you wanted. But it's still fantastic numbers. And the reaction to what you accomplished at Junior Worlds was extreme. Everybody's like, oh, my God, who is this guy? What's going on here? What was it like afterwards? You became a world champion. You hit the numbers you hit. Everybody on social media is sharing it, blowing it up, talking about, oh, my God, Hamza, he's doing this, that, and the other. And you go home, you're world champion. You're telling your friends and family. 
How does it feel now? And how are your friends and family for, for you and the people around you? I think we should separate like the title of being a world champion and the personal goals that someone mm. would want to hit. So uh, first, first things first, like after when I knew, like when I like uh, recognized, all right, I'm, I'm world champion. It was a really cool feeling. But uh, straight after the meet, I was like pretty, I would say, pissed off at myself after failing the third deadlift. And also failing the lifts before, I was actually so not, I would say, proud of myself, like, at all. Like, I was actually mm. really, yeah. But after a while, I was like, it was still a pretty decent uh, competition. I got world champion. And, um, I was still, like, really thankful for that at the end. So, and my fam, it wouldn't it wouldn't change for them anything if I would hit 880 or 840, you know. So, I still just got the title. And my dad and my brother was also with me at, at Walls. So they were also like seeing everything. Um, but I, I would say the reaction from them, from my friends and family was pretty cool. And I also have to Listen. thank to them because they were also like one of the reasons why, why I even came up to the Walls, you know, because family needs to support you to pretty much get there. So put it in perspective. If you hit depth on your third squat, you got that bench when and your foot doesn't slip. You locked out that dead, but just, just that lockout, you missed this, right? If you got all those and you got your 80, Christoph Rizbecki, who is an all-time great. This is before your time. You probably don't even know who this is, but he's a multiple-time world champion in the 93s, a world champion in the 105s, a multiple-time world champion in two different weight classes. And one of the greatest powerlifters who ever lived. And he's not in the Hall of Fame now, but as soon as he's eligible, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. He won the World Championships in the Open 105 with 885. And to do that, he he beat Bryce Lewis, who, who got a silver medal, and Bryce Lewis hit 870. And Bryce Lewis, by the way, won World Championships with 875. I'm just giving you perspective, dude. You're 17. And we're talking about like some of the greatest powerlifters the 105 class has ever seen. So when we talk about it, it's 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 crazy what you're accomplishing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> historically speaking, it's uh it's wild, man. For me, for me who's been commentating, like I've even before I've been commentating, I was watching powerlifting and into powerlifting. But since I've been commentating, this is stuff that's like unheard of. This is so for your family that's like and your friends. I don't even know if you guys got full perspective on how crazy this is. And this is also why um, when you see the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of likes and shares and whatnot that's going on with you, because people that are older than you that have been around know like they're comparing you to what they've seen. So even if you weren't around for those times, other people were and they're like, oh, my God, take a look at this kid. Oh my God. Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Th just to give you perspective on like how unique and special this is. Yeah, it's crazy. Man. So the thing is with me, um, I think, I think as the sport just grew over the past years, I think there were just like the, I would say standard numbers also went up. So like right now, um, I'm just, I'm just comparing myself to the open right now. 
actually. So I just look at what they do and I just I just look at myself and when could I hit that? When 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 could I hit this and like this specific mm. number to get maybe a medal or something? I'm I'm looking at, at it like this, but like yeah, I don't know. I think 885 world champion is definitely crazy like in the past years when, when was it like in uh, Christopher's Becky was 2000, 2017 in mm-hmm. Belarus um, I was commenting that session dog it was crazy and um, 2018 Bryce Lewis came back and won they went back and forth but yeah if you're looking at it now it's uh, like in the IPF it's Anatoly who yeah. obviously won best lifter in the open and he's 940 and then um, if Ashton and Bob and them come over, now they're 110. But if they come over to 105 in the IPF, and obviously we've all heard the whispers of a lot of people coming over from the USAPL, let's let them do their thing in a week. We'll all pay attention to see who wins that battle, and it'll be exciting. And then let's see who comes over. Um, but, I mean, you won't even be tussling with these fellas and like you're 17, I mean, who knows who's going to be where? By the time you are in the 105 Open, these guys might be retired or they're 120s because Bob Matthews has been on the podcast and talked about, I think I'm going to probably be a 120 at some point in my career. Like he's thinking of moving up. I've to like... also heard that uh, Ashton would go into the 105s and Bob would go to the 120s. And actually about Bob, uh, before my SPD sessions or something like that, yeah, I was actually always watching Bob's videos because mm. of like I just like the hype and the vibe of his videos. It's it's pretty. He's cool. hype man. He's yeah. a good, he's Bob's a good guy, cool dude. I haven't met him in person, but have him on a podcast a few times now. And um, his his battle with with Ashton. Are you watching yeah. this? Like, are you? Yeah. yeah so I am. It, and Keenan Lee, who. Some people like forget about him because he's not, he doesn't post as much. Um, he's over in like this is like American nationals and he's in South Korea, so he's like literally and figuratively like out of the way, out of sight, out of mind to an extent because he's not over there with the rest of the Americans, um, where these Americans are all together training together and whatnot. But Keenan's coming, he's nobody looked past, and he's a true 110. Like he fills out 110. I don't know where Bob's body weight is right now. Ashton, I think they're all filling out 110 closer anyway. Sometimes they're a little lighter, but they all know like this is neither one of them can afford to come in. To, this is head to head. You can't afford to come in light. So I think they're going to be, their body weights are going to be pretty big. Um, I'm What I've noticed, Bob had a crazy huge SPD session where he went all out for like a thousand kilo total. Thousand kilo, yeah. And he posted that since then, it's been a struggle to get back. I don't know, like if he burned himself out or left his the bet, like he pushed it too hard. So his weight came down. Ashton, a little more even keel, been crushing. But Bob had time to, you know, a little taper, a little deload. And he's not posting as much as he was leading into that thousand kilo. So it's, I'm not sure where, where they're at. And Keenan, you know, he, he doesn't post as much, but he's posted, he's competed. And um, I don't know, man. What do you think? What do you think is going to happen here? Well, I think I think Bob could be cooking something in the background. 
towards the meat. That could be that could be something. Something spicy? Like you think he cooks yeah, something like, spicy? I guess yeah, you have to think like he said like yeah after the after the SPD session I was feeling like this and this. So he might not post all the stuff that he might is doing right now to be at the comp day and maybe hit something crazy, you know? And mm. I think all of all three of them are so strong and so competitive. And it it will be a great, great battle from all of all of them to see to, you, to watch that. It is like it is somewhat misleading when you're looking at social media sometimes because people are showing what they want to show. Yeah. And for sure, if Bob is rebounded, because I like I, I believe him in that when he went for the thousand kilos. I believe him in that, like he might have got a little burnt, like for sure. That's like a competition. Right after competition, sometimes you got to deload for a bit, you're burnt out. The central nervous system is fried, uh, muscles are sore, tight, whatever. But he might have rebounded and be right ready to, to reload it and ready to start firing. And he's like, This time I won't show everything. This time, you know, you're gonna you're gonna that, see that's me. That's what I mean. You, that's what I mean. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. And Ashton's a monster. I mean, Ashton's an absolute monster. Keenan's a monster. He's got traveled. Keenan's got to come from the other side of the world. And when Keenan gets here, the time zone change. I don't know what it is. It's it's got to be something crazy. So he's got these other fellas don't quite have the intangibles that Keenan has to deal with. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with all of that. Do you are you leaning towards one or the other taking it? So I am more of a Bob fan, I would say. So I would I would say maybe Bob could make the lead. I, I don't know. So yeah, but it's tough. I know. It, I mean, he's Bob's special talent. I think. Yeah. I mean, all of them are special talents. Here's the, they are all outliers. They are all like absolute freaks. Um, all three of them. So between them, any one of them could win for sure. It, it, who was the guy that used? How did you get into powerlifting, by the way? How I got into powerlifting was actually I was pretty much doing random stuff. I was just training heavy. I just had my compounds in and stuff like that. And after a while, I was getting pretty strong. And then someone from IG just approached me and said, like, yeah, come over to the gym, come like to the powerlifting gym, and maybe we could hit a session. And there I met my first coach. And then just started. I just, it was also like really quick. Like the the meet there, like to go into the uh, powerlifting gym was scheduled in like two days or something. I just got the DM. Two days later, I was at the powerlifting gym, got my first coach and started pretty much training politics specific. So I, everything went really quick for me, actually. So I looked, I looked into your social media and um, scroll back to 2020. And uh, <laughs> dog is the cutest. I love your <laughs> Bro, it, I was 14 there, like the first dog. Post. You were, it's it's the cutest, my friend. Baby faced <laughs> Hamza squatting 170, deadlifting 200 kilos, and um, yeah, fragment. But th- like you still to be 14 years old, squatting and, and benching and, and doing like an SBD and whatnot. Like, um, but it's crazy how quickly, and this is 2020. So is this when when did you start like weightlifting and and why did you start weightlifting? How did you get into like lifting weights period? So I was actually kind of uh, overweight. So I went to lose weight. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, I lost some decent weight and just said like, yeah, I want to put on some muscle. Go, let's go to the gym. And I was pretty much hooked. I was like addicted kind of thing. 
and just mm. went over and over and just saw like yeah i'm getting stronger that's like that's pretty much what drives me to better myself and yeah about the spd day at like 14 this was pretty much like before lockdown yeah back in that yeah. time so it was I literally just... right before is march 2020 and i remember that's when the world was about to flip on its ear yeah and before that i was just went i just went like yeah let's let's max out yeah why not <laughs> you know and then after lockdown i just did my thing and then like half a year later i got the dm and was all pretty quick actually in, in how big in austria is powerlifting like i know like arnold schwarzenegger's from austria for god's yeah. sake man when we're talking about weightlifting legends like there's look at we think bob russell or here big names arnold schwarzenegger has statues around the world above him yeah. arnold schwarzenegger has Arnold Schwarzenegger has festivals in his name around the world. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like a Greek, like one of these Greek pharaohs with statues and festivals to his name. Like it's crazy. Um, so what is like, what are the sports that are big in Austria and how big is weightlifting and powerlifting in particular? So I think weightlifting and powerlifting has also grown the last, I would say two years here and it's still growing pretty fast. Um, but I think it has still some, yeah, great potential because we have a lot of sub juniors that couldn't make it to Worlds or Euros this year, that could have placed actually first place in the 83s, really? in the 74s, Simon in the 93s, maybe even. Uh, so we have all these sub juniors that just couldn't make it to Worlds. Um, but also we have uh, a lot of uh, open strong people. Yeah, like from the more, let's say from the women, uh, they're also like pretty strong. And I think it is growing crazy right now. And I think in like one or two years, it could grow immensely here. And once the all the sub tiers can also go to roles and everything would pretty much make it dram dramatic change here. And weightlifting in general is, I would say, I think here in the German speaking countries, like fitness is pretty pretty large right now and um with all the influencers and everything it's pretty known to do like fitness and everything and but like powerlifting i think a lot of people are switching to powerlifting right now here really yeah so. see that's what i've noticed in like north america for instance fitness was always big there's gyms yeah. in every single city but initially it was bodybuilding and just lifting for like other sports or lifting the lift, lifting to be yeah, fit. Yeah. But the shift to bring them over to powerlifting started when like powerlifters started emerging on social media and made it cool. And powerlifters started like that started happening. And then the shift got over there and people were like, oh, wow, what are they doing? That looks cool. And like women started powerlifting and made it cool for women to powerlift, squat, bench, and deadlift, et cetera. Um, so it takes time. It, it, but as long as, you know, if fitness and lifting weights and go to the gym is prevalent in these German speaking nations, converting them to powerlifting isn't going to be hard. You just got to, yeah. you just need some people to emerge. So they look that way, which have you heard about this one kid coming up the ranks? He's pretty good. 17 years old. He's got, he's got some people <laughs> talking. Um, how in these German speaking nations, how prevalent is English is, is do most people speak English? Well, actually like, 
German-speaking people are actually, I would say, pretty pretty bad at English. I don't know, like Oh, really? a lot of like probably I also like we all have like this German accent in English that is pretty known. I think. Well, yeah, like sure, an accent, but most Germans I've met can can speak English though. Like here's mm-hmm. here's what I'm getting to. Um, is more some nations when they're trying to like make a move in powerlifting, a lot of like programming or like videos on how to program or how to water cut or technical videos like on how to you know refine your squat and deadlift. A lot of the content or articles are in English. And for some nations, it's difficult for the lifters and coaches to access all of this content that's out there and available. So they, they miss out and it takes even longer because it takes a few people from their nation to take the content, understand it, apply it themselves and then pass it along. And then those people disseminate the information in the native language. Whereas like, this is what happened in France with Penna initially when Penna was coming up as a coach, him and Coco um, were, you know, they, they, they noticed like a lot of the French programming anyways was in french coming from the old guard from france and they started taking these online classes with mike t legendary coach he actually mike t with rts reactive training systems is the person who who created the rpe system of programming for powerlifting like he's the godfather of all of that he brought it from other sports and mike t's a legend to this day a legend when it comes to programming right he's a genius and he had these online classes and Penny and Coco coming up, aspiring young guys, the young guns, right? We're like, we can make a change, but we need to level up in terms of our programming and our coaching to be competitive with the rest of the world. Otherwise it's going to be tough. So they started taking these online classes in English and other people who didn't speak English and some like no Amy Alibar, world champion doesn't speak English. Samantha Eugenie. I mean, they have a little bit of English, but not, not fluent, but when guys like Penny and Coco bring over the programming ideas and convert it themselves into French, now all of a sudden it just plops into France and spreads slow, like a lot quicker because it's getting converted over. Um, and I mean, Noemi at one point was coached by Penna and et cetera. So, and Samantha like lived with Penna at one point. So these training disseminate. So in, in Austria, do people, is English common enough that people can like watch videos in, in taking English content or, or no. And like, just by, let's say to, to be able to understand the content, definitely. Okay. Um, but like, I think most of the people are doing German content here, actually, like the powerlifting scene is more doing German, 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 uh, but like not English. So there are just some people that are, that are doing English. For, for example, me or something. Uh, but like pretty much every, everything is German-based, I would say. Well, here's here's the thing with this. So as long as you can understand other, like English content, you could take in the information, you know, like whether like, you could read an article or watch a video on water cutting and be like, okay, there's a new protocol I'm going to use. But here's a good thing about if you're going to make content and doing it in your native language. Kind of does almost all of his content in English, in French and in, like it's, it explodes. Like the guy gets like insane traction on YouTube and, and uh, social media, Instagram, et cetera. And 
he does it all in French. That market, once he helped expand the social media market for powerlifting, and he does collaborations with social media guys in France who have like millions of followers on TikTok, a million followers on, on YouTube, and they're in France. So they'll do collaborations with Penna. So Penna takes powerlifting to these more mainstream people and explodes powerlifting in France. So Penn is bringing, helping level up on coaching, helping level up on social media now. And he keeps the social media in French now because he has a stronghold in powerlifting and French content in France. And there's other French speaking nations around the world. So he has a stronghold elsewhere as well. It's more difficult for an English speaker to come in and try to take that market from him. Cause you don't speak French. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, good luck. So he has all this French bubble on his side, pretty much. That's, that's it. That's it. Even someone as huge as Russell Orhi isn't taking Penna's market. Go ahead. We could we could go side by side. It's fine. You're not taking my market. I'm not taking yours. I made my own. I made this market, and now it's mine. Because yeah. like, unless someone else from France comes up, and that's the same thing with um, German is an opportunity, anyways. That. You could take in English speaking and whatnot, but if you start pumping out any kind of German speaking, if you can create that market and be the first one to blow it up, like Penna did in France, that's yours, Playboy. It's going to be real difficult for someone to come along and take it. That market is wide open for somebody. It's tough being the first one to come because you have to create it. So like you're doing collaborations and blah, blah, blah. Like you're 17. So you're not going to worry about all this right now, but eventually down the line when things unfold naturally, it's uh, you'll notice you'll be like, Oh, wow. Not just anybody can come in here. You got, you don't speak the language. You don't know the culture. You can't just walk in here and take this market from me. You pay your dues and come up through there. That's yours, man. That's yours. Unless somebody else is as good as you who speaks German. And that's going to be tough. Although, um, there are some germ team Germany had a pretty good showing, like Jonah in the yeah. 120s juniors. Oh Jonah, God, a year. Yeah. Jonah, actually, I've met him, uh, I think two months ago in Germany when I was in uh, Köln, uh, it's called. And he's a really, really cool guy. I we understand each other a lot, and yeah, he is actually he is actually so big. Like actually he's massive. Like for yeah, the he's time, huge, huh? He is actually so huge, bro. That's actually crazy. And he has only been powerlifting for like a year or so and has yeah. already put on like I don't know, hundred kg total and just one waltz, I think. And bro, he benches two fifty. That that's all I'm gonna say. Like his arms are that's huge. Insane. For him to be a junior, only been competing a year. So he totaled 925.5 and Etienne from Lebanon beat him by a kilo. I mean, mm -hmm. they, these two fellas went to war at junior worlds and yeah. Jonah has been doing this a year, man. Like he's like, I think he came, does he come? You might know better. He comes from bodybuilding, right? Did he bodybuild yeah. before this? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He did bodybuilding before. I'm very interested in seeing what, Jonah ends up doing he, when he sticks. He has also uh, he didn't even train that heavy towards uh, towards the uh, towards the meet. He was and he was also doing a lot of bodybuilding still. Like actually, like the last months, he just told me, "I yeah, just doing bodybuilding. That's what that's what he likes to do, and just having his pain lifts in his program." So I don't know how he did his peak though, 
but I didn't. I don't think he went that heavy. Who can you imagine? If he's just testing the waters out to see how it is, that's the thing. Someone... Is, yeah, that's the. Oh my god, he's so much potential. This... this is it. And if someone convinces him, my friend, like a, like a powerlifting coach, comes forward and says, "Dude, I respect that you like to bodybuild and it's fun, and you should like your training because you're going to be doing a lot of it." But if we make a push, my friend, and we get you on a straight up powerlifting program just to see what you can do. Oh yeah. my gosh, man. If he I fully think, commits. I think he can also uh, improve uh, form wise. Yeah. Maybe on deadlift or something. But sure. once you get that over time and just builds up momentum and everything, I think he could dominate. Like actually it's just one year in. That's actually so, so crazy. Well, here's the thing with in terms of like improvement, um, even just small things go a long way. And there's always things yeah. you could do. There's always little always. things you could do when when you have a coach and they're like, just bring your hands in a little bit, just move your toes out a little bit on this angle, just do just little things that you're always toying with yeah. and tinkering with. And when you've only been doing it a year and you haven't even been training heavy that long in the gym or too often, like once you start doing it more often you start noticing things and start tinkering around a little bit and figuring things out. Yeah. It will just yeah. also all have better body awareness, which is also really important. Right. Even yeah, if yeah. in, in his weights too. So yeah. How close is like team like Austria and the German team and, and what other nations speak German? I think Switzerland, Germany, Austria, um, Boah, I should have Luxembourg know, I for think. for what it's worth. Luxembourg, I know Gaston Parage, the yeah, IPF president speaks German. I mean, yeah, yeah, maybe that. Um, and are but... you are, are your teams? Do your teams are your teams like relatively close? Like, do you train together? And like, no, I wouldn't say close, but they're like good to go, like good together. Yeah, if I don't yeah. know, I actually I also got uh, handled last year at last year's Euros with my head coach from Austria and from the head coach from Germany. You know, so they're all pretty ah. cool with each other. Then it is relatively close. I mean, Frig, man, if you guys are doing that. Yeah, they're definitely really close. And how many people, like, so Germany, do you know how many people are in the Austrian Federation? In the Austrian Federation? Well, I should not know, but I think there are a lot of, uh, let's say, sports club and approximately... I would go with maybe 500. Okay. So relatively compared to like, compared to like um, Spain has 3000. They Mm -hmm. put it this way. So I had Alberto on the 74 kilo junior world champion. And he was telling me last time I had him on when he was a 66 kilo junior world champion in 2021, he said they had around five to 600 uh, members in Spain, just like Austria. Two years later, 2023, he just wins the 74, and I have a back on. Spain is now 3,000, six times the amount of people. That's how quickly yeah, it's growing. I think that could also happen with Austria when I would I would approximately say 500 to maybe 1K. So, all right, 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 so, right. We're guessing. Yeah, and in the next one or two years, uh, that it can definitely go towards 2K, 3K, something like that. And if we talk about in terms of expansion, France, 
which previously had way less people, is now recently hit 10,000. Oh, that's crazy. And this is this is what happens when like stars emerge and they blow up on social media and people find you on social media and like, I want to get involved. That looks that looks exciting. Let's do this. Especially like, like competitions like Sheffield. Did you watch Sheffield, by the way? Yeah, I did. What did you think, man? You think you're gonna be there someday? 2030? <laughs> <laughs> uh with Sheffield. Um Sheffield was really, really cool. Um there were a lot of cool moments and just I think just like the the standard. Like there were just the strongest of the strongest there. That's the thing. So the standard there was so high. Yeah. And it was I think that Sheffield is like the first step towards powerlifting growing immensely mm. in the in the next years. I think I think it, it's like um how could I say? Like with Sheffield, they could expand so much. Like powerlifting, they could expand it so so much in the next years. With Sheffield, yeah, I mean, so. it actually looks like professional sports. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing. It's it's so cool there, and I personally also have for sure the goal to one day be at Sheffield, definitely. And we'll just see when this happens, hopefully. So yeah. But it would be pretty cool. What are what are your goals overall? Like you're 17 years old. When you're let's say you're 30 years old, what will you have accomplished? With 30 years old. Yeah, I think I think I just wanted to be the best I could be, so it means I would be as close as possible to my, let's say, genetic limit. Yeah, and I think genetic wise, I um, I could probably hit nine fifty to a K, definitely of total, and just to get as close as possible there. Um, but yeah, man, I just I just wanted it earlier. I <laughs> would let's say like this, like thirty is pretty pretty late. I would say. Dog, it's 13 years away, which is crazy to say. Yeah. <laughs> a lot can happen, man. I mean, look at we talk about getting into the Olympics. You're the age that you might actually see it and be competing there. Because you know, Brilliant. things take a while to happen. You're the age that if we're gonna get in the Olympics, it'd be you. Yeah, I think it's is actually Olympic weightlifting going out of Olympics now, or I'm not sure. Um, I mean, there's been talk of that, maybe, and I don't know if that helps us or hurts us. I think there's always going to be a strength sport in the Olympics. I think there always is. And people talk about, because of the failures Olympic weightlifting had, how that might impact us and how, no, they won't put another strength sport in because, um, doping failures that Olympic weightlifting had, but look at sprinting. The 100 meter race is literally the rock star event of the Olympics. 100% it is. No question asked. Yeah. The 100 meters, like when Usain Bolt and all those fellas, they become multi millionaires, famous all over the world. It's crazy how, how big of an event. And look at the doping failures associated with the 100 meter race. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane. So I don't know. I think it's. 
I don't think that's going to be the factor in terms of what happening with Olympic weightlifting. And it's the doping failures, I believe, is why they're on shaky ground. Um, I don't think that impacts us. You know, I, I, I don't think it's, I don't think so anyways. And if they remove Olympic weightlifting due to that, I don't think they're automatically going to assume, well, that means powerlifting has to be just as dirty. I don't think so. I think they're always going to have a strength sport in the elite. It's strength sports. Strengths, there's always going to be a strength sport, I think, associated with the Olympics. Just like there'll always be a combat sport, whether it's wrestling, boxing, or whatever. I mean, I know they talked about pulling wrestling out, then they put it back in, but there'll always be a combat sport. You know, Sambo's going in, boxing's in now. They're like, there's always going to be, because that ties us right to the beginning. There's always been how far can you throw that stone? What's the heaviest stone you could lift from thousand, a couple thousand years ago? Like, I, I don't know. I, I got to think it's, it's a possibility. I think powerlifting definitely has the potential to go into the Olympics, like in the next, let's say five years, just by how much it would grow. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually don't know how many people are doing Olympic weightlifting. I actually don't know how many people really train in that way i think more in the asian countries it's i think a bit more popular but like in the mm. more western countries i don't think it's that popular i would say like uh, yeah like yeah crossfit helped popularize it because crossfit has yeah, olympic true, weightlifting true. so that helped but pop but i mean yeah i'm, I'm not sure I, i feel like when i go to gyms i see f like for sure far more people you're far more likely to see someone squatting benching or deadlifting than you are to see someone cleaning and jerking or doing yeah. a snatch That's you don't walk thing. into a gym and see somebody snatching i can walk into a gym and see a 60 year old lady a 65 year old lady squatting for sure i wouldn't think twice yeah i walk into a gym and see a 65 year old man squatting for sure in terms of if you put this on television and have a far bigger market of people watching that can relate to it and understand. I know what a squat is. I know what a deadlift is. I don't know all the rules of powerlifting, but I know enough that I know what I'm watching and you know what you could do. So when you see somebody else doing a hundred times more, you're like, Oh my God. But when you see a clean and jerk and a snatch doesn't transfer over to like almost anybody. If not many people I know, I know so many people who are just general people who go to the gym, almost none of them do clean and jerk and snatch almost. I mean like a huge chunk of them, at least bench press and no squat and deadlift and have tried it. Yeah. Even like the bodybuilding or fitness scene is also doing benches. Or they all, squatters. they all knew. Yeah. Yeah. So in terms of that's why when Sheffield gets the views, it gets, it gets more views than we have active power lifters. The reason why You don't have to be a power lifter to watch and enjoy it. You just have to be a, a gym fitness person because you know squat, bench, deadlift. You could be a bodybuilder. You could be whatever, just a guy who does SPD in the gym. And you can uh, you can appreciate what that is. It's not hard. You're like, oh my God, I just watched Jesus Oliveras squat over a thousand pounds and deadlift over 900 pounds and blah, blah, blah. And um, so that's why when we're talking about expansion of powerlifting, entry into the Olympics, stuff like that, I can see people making judgment calls saying, A, is this a sport that's global? 100% we are legit global. Like I just said, Sambo is going into the Olympics, and it is. Sambo, my friend, 
if you saw video of their world championships, not even close to as many nations show up at Sambo. I'm in Canada. Try to find Sambo Canada Federation. Like it's like what a dozen people. Like I'm dog. These are they're nowhere near as big as well structured as well funded with sponsorships. Some of these sports that are making into Olympics are so much smaller than powerlifting in terms of the amount of federations backing by the public. And in terms of like viewership, everyone goes to the gym and understands you. you I think the people who are making certain decisions all around are going to see like, yeah, man, put this on television. People know what they're seeing and they could relate to it. It's possible. And it's not going to happen in five years. If this happens in 10 years, you're still in your twenties. You know what I'm saying? Well, you got time on your side. If this happens, dude, Taylor Atwood hit his peak in his 30s. Dog, that's like 15 years away for you. And you're still only yeah. 32. And you'd still be in your physical prime. 15 years is your physical prime. So you got time on your side. You're like, all right, let's just see what happens. I mean, you probably can't even think about 15 years in the future, but. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> It'd be uh, crazy. It would be crazy, definitely. Oh man, <laughs> you, you like uh, how often do you think about things like this, or you just take it one day at a time? I actually don't know. I just look at the position that I'm right now and just try to do like the best that I can at the situation right now in order to have the let's say the future to also have a better situation. Then you know, like if I just think that in ten years I want to be this and that, I have to make decisions now to get there. So. I just look at the presence. So I don't think about that that much. The biggest thing that juniors will face is like burnout. We we, we actually had a couple of people coming into this junior worlds talking about burnout. Like Malik from France, um, the 93, 19 years old. Now he said he, the fires lit back in him because he, he came in second. He called it a loss, I think. Maybe translated wrong, but a silver medal at world's really isn't a loss but i mean you yeah. guys hold each other at high standards but he was talking about burnout he's 19 and you long lee defending 93 kilo world junior world champion said he was burnt out and it wasn't like motivated for powerlifting etc so the biggest thing i would say like the biggest challenge you'll face for powerlifting like as a junior and in your case a sub junior is pacing yourself in terms of how intense you get with it and not suffering from burnout Having things outside of powerlifting and not getting too stressed out and caught up in it. I mean, dog, you're 16 years old and you had a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, you know, like this is not normal 16 year old life. And you're 17 years old and thousands of people all over the world watch you. This is not normal for a 17 year old. But um, at the same time, what are you going to do? Not do it. You're literally doing things no one, no 17 yeah. year olds ever done. Like, what are you going to do? What thing. are you supposed to do? That's the thing, like, if if you just, if you, let's say, have dreams that also, you know, like, what to do to get there, and it's, like, what's pursuing, like, you know, pushing you to give everything that you have every day, I think it's it's pretty cool, I would say. For now, I didn't feel a burnout or something. I hope that it doesn't happen in the future. But for now, I'm just... Actually, like for my sub I'm just chilling right now. I'll just like for years right now, I'm just pretty much pretty hard on myself yeah, when it comes to training and stuff like that. But 
because I just want to make up some stuff there. But after that, I'll just chill a bit. So juniors is still five years. Um, I, I still got five years time in the juniors. That's Crazy. the thing. Do you think so... you'll stay a junior this whole time? Or do you think, because we've had juniors go into the open and, and win. So, <laughs> so next year, actually, if, if it's possible, I would try to compete in the open. If that's I think possible. that would be amazing. Like, if you at 18, still a sub junior, sub junior competed in the open and were competitive, it'd be insane. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I actually don't know. Like, I think second place at 905, and then I don't know until fifth place or something was I think I think Coco got fifth place with like 880 or something so mm. I think I can't I remember know, off the top think, of my head but yeah yeah and I think top 10 top five or something would be pretty cool and yeah it just it's a goal for me and we'll see how that go well you could do both right like you could do juniors you could do open or you could just do open and not because you already got a, a sub junior world title. That's yours. So you, if you want next year, you could do open worlds for the experience and sub junior worlds, or you could just do open come back when you're a junior. And like, I mean, you could rotate it around. You got, you got five years as a junior. You know? So ne next year, um, since I'm turning 18 in November, so I'm not a sub junior next year. I'm a junior. Uh, next year. Gotcha. gotcha so, gotcha. It's like uh, since I'm 2005, I'm, I'm it's just like my last sub junior year, so that's why I'm pretty hard to myself with yours right now, you know. And mm. so I just want to have like the highest total that I can do in as a sub junior. So, um, after that, it's already juniors. Then, um, I, I'm pretty unlucky when it comes to like when I was born, like it was in like in November, so like with six weeks or something, I would have another year, but from my own goals. For like for me, sub junior juniors is something that yeah, okay, that's pretty cool to compete there. But for me, my main goal is always the open. That's that's like the mind of, of from for me. Yeah. I just I just want to go into the open and be competitive there. Juniors is pretty cool and that and stuff, but like as long as they're strong at 105s, I just want to compete with them, you know. Mm. Mm, yeah. I mean it's great experience, and you know what? When you show up in the open. The attention, like if you show up at juniors, every all attention's on you, right? You show up in the open, people are looking at like if it's Anatoly, if it's uh, Ashton, if Ashton comes over, or if it's you know Mikey D or or freaking Bob or like all the one hundred fives, right? Like who know I don't who knows what it's going to look like. They're going to carry that, so you get to just operate while they're in the intense battles. You're gaining experience. You're soaking it all in. And you don't have to deal with all that. You're just like, let me just compete amongst you guys. Let me soak it in amongst you guys. I'm 18. Nobody's expecting me to win at 18. I'm. You're, it almost returns you back to just have here for experience and fun. And just do the best you can. Worry about PRs. Whereas when you're like at the top, you're it's it's, it's still fun, but the expectation is winning. And yeah. you know, it's different then. Yeah. So there's, there's think... some benefit to that as well. I think just to be able to compete with the big guys, I would say, is already yeah. something like a goal that you that I've already accomplished. Then just to be on the platform with, I don't know, maybe Ash or something, that would just be so cool. 
even though if I get like sixth or seventh, I'm still in the same platform as him, you know. Sixth or seventh in the world, though, amongst the best of the best, amongst killers. Like it's yeah, yeah for sure, man. Yeah, like with top ten, I would be really happy with that. Yeah, and maybe if everything goes good and I have a nine of nine day, maybe a top five would be possible. Um, but yeah, just like for the experience, I would say the next year's open if that if it's possible, yeah, like federation wise. But we'll see. What's um? Let me ask you a couple questions so people get to know you a little better, non powerlifting related. But these are easy questions. Um, what is your favorite food? Food. <laughs> uh food uh i would say uh a turkish dish dish that is uh probably no donor like kebab is that your background turkish and my background is turkish yeah oh no kidding okay gotcha gotcha yeah so pretty much um, like yeah i like turkish dishes a lot um yeah there was there was a turkish pastry that I that I someone brought because last juniors was in Turkey in Istanbul and it tasted it was like amazing like it was like one of the best things I've ever eaten in my life but the guy told me the calorie dense how it was and it was like half my calories in like a three bites it was crazy but it tasted amazing I, I can't remember what it was what it's called is it baklava and or I that sounds was like it you, something yeah. sweet or Super sweet, super sweet. Okay, so I think I would go with baklava then. Baklava. And it, it tasted, my man, like picture the best day of your life. I know, I know, put, I know. And put it in your fucking mouth. Okay? I know. It, it tasted amazing. Actually, that's the thing. If I if I if I eat something from that my mom made or something, it just probably has a lot of calories, a lot of fats, a lot of oil. So I also have to be careful with that. God bless. You're gonna be a 120 real quick, but it, you'll yeah. be a happy 120. Man, yeah. it tasted good. Man, it tasted good. I couldn't have a lot of them, but I was like, damn, I'm glad I tasted it. Um, how about which who's your favorite actor? Actor? I actually don't know any actor. Like do you not watch movies and TV shows too often? I don't have time for that. I actually don't. Fair enough. At all. Are you a, are you student working? Powerlifter, what's uh, what's your what's your day to day, sir? So I'm pretty much uh, let's say done with school, and I'm just doing like I'm actually starting up a new business right now. So I'm also oh, working wow. with that, uh, like let's say a coaching business. Um, so I'm pretty that's the thing with all the stress. Like two weeks before walls, I started it, and now I'm pretty much uh, starting something. And pretty much just trying to get it online. So we'll see. How do people reach out to you? Do people just reach out to you on social media if they want coaching from you? Uh, from coaching wise, I've actually high demand. Yeah, when it comes to coaching, so I'm also expanding with some additional coaches in my team. Um, Damn, dude, you're 17, Playboy. Whoa, <laughs> on my team, dude, you're 17. This is crazy. <laughs> I picture like a 35 year old man being, yes, sir. <laughs> you do like yes, a job sir. review with a 35 year old man. He's 17. Yeah, uh... <laughs> crazy, but you don't. I'll tell you this: you don't sound like you're 17. You sound very mature. You got your head and your shoulders, got all the goals and whatnot. 
but um okay so how do how do people reach out to you is uh, tell me about this it's either with dms and so i was actually working with simon yeah we had a coaching business together uh but now we have both decided yeah maybe for the future it would be better if we both just do our own thing so um i'm starting my own thing now uh it would pretty much run through dms or whatsoever and then we would have a call and everything and we'll just talk about any stuff yeah about questions and everything and just see if we're a good suit and then proceed with the coaching um but right now i'm pretty much maxed out when it comes to capacity and i still got demand so i just said like yeah why why not expand so we put up a application form and and there man i had 107 applications from coaches (laughs) (laughs) can you imagine can can you like you're not going to do this but can you imagine you're 17 and you have 107 employees can you not nah. <laughs> <laughs> like obviously you won't take you you know you've had to been only take a few but this is crazy man yeah and from there we i chose like two that i want to work with and i had some calls with them and we'll pretty much start off as soon as possible as soon as possible and yeah pretty much ex- expand everything so and one of them is mike t <laughs> and that's called a throwback, ladies. And that's called a oh. throwback, ladies and gentlemen. Can you imagine Mike T? Mike You'd be T's, like, "Oh wow, he's a goat." Oh. Yeah, he's the goat. You'd be like, "Oh my goodness." Okay, well, this is awkward. I don't even know how to approach this email. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, that's crazy. Well, hats off to you, man. Look at powerlifting opens up so many freaking doors. Even if, even if you at some point in your life shift goals and stop powerlifting at twenty three. You would look back and everything you would accomplish, everything you would experience, the world, all the people you met, all the places you see all over the world, starting your own business, everything, all of this, all the conversations you have on podcasts and stuff like this, all the people you reach that hear your story, it's still worth it. Yeah. Still worth it. No one can ever take that from you. You'll be 45 years old, look back. I mean, it's normal. You know how many people play like college basketball? You know, high school basketball, don't make it to the NBA and stop in early 20s and move on in life. That's normal. But the experiences you have, it's still worth it. Still worth it, Playboy. It, I, think the character... I think in that time, you're also just learning a lot of stuff that can also benefit you in your own life, I would say. Like in your life after, if you would have stopped, let's say it like sure. that. So, yeah. Just, just the, go on. The distance, the discipline powerlifting he teaches you, the consistency of if yeah. you're consistent and disciplined, or the progress you can make, networking and pulling yourself out of your comfort zone. How many times you got to do that? Just showing up and doing all these things. You know, you're 17 years old on this platform talking to me right now from across the world. How many 17 year old kids got to do this? Starting your own business. This wouldn't be possible unless you're powerlifting. This is actually my second business that I'm starting now. So, (laughs) dude, tell me what what, what would you? What's your first business? Like the first business, I was actually doing it with my friend, and now I'm doing like a new thing. That's pretty much the same. Oh, okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, man. I mean, it's um, it's worth it. It's all worth it. Do you have Do you have a a TV show or movie favorite TV show or movie? Favorite TV show or movie? Uh. Actually, I'm actually I I don't know like I don't know any anything about like 
shows or movies or anything that I would say. What yeah, about, are you an like, anime guy? Are you an anime dude? I was, I was. And I was like in, I just, I just like from the animes that I've watched, I just sometimes like watch uh, pretty cool episodes before like SPD or something like that. Like from Dragon Ball or something. From, you you know. I knew it. Everybody's anime these days. I knew yeah. it. What about music? What's your favorite music type, genre? Like lately, I've been I've actually uh, French, like French, like do you know uh, Indiala or something? Indila or do you know? Is it rap music or is it like what kind of music is it? I should know how, how to call it. Um, like her name that that like produced the music is called Indila. This is like a pretty. Uh, this is what uh, Bob's always. Uh, Put, puts on with like this let's say majestic sound i don't know really bob matthews always puts it on yeah no yet and it's kind of like background type music yes and no like there's some part that is really good for background and they're also put up some videos and they also blow up with that sound actually okay wait a second it's called indola how do i spell that i gotta look this up uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, you're gonna put me on something right now. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, look it up on Spotify. I've. Wait, I've got it here. Yeah, Indila. It's like Ansi Baravira. I think it's called in French. Indila. I n. Please. I only. I, I don't only watch. Uh, I'll. For sure, I only don't like listen only to that. <laughs> uh, but send, also in general, me, type it. Type it in our uh, Instagram DM. Yeah, I just let me just send it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, in the love. Yeah, and yeah. also so it's um, for for anyone listening. It's I N D like David I L A in the love. Yeah, this. I'm gonna check. This is like sometimes. Because like before a important single or something, I don't like uh, music that's pretty much hyping myself too much up. Yeah, but stuff like this is pretty. Let's say, I would say majestic kind of thing, you know. And I'm just getting into my mood, and just still have to focus. Yeah, and just after after single or something, I'm just listening to rap or something. So, hmm. Dude, I'm I'm gonna check this out because sometimes you do need music that's like the background to the story you're telling. You know, yeah, what I mean? kind of, kind of, yeah. <laughs> the soundtrack to the movie you're in right now. That's all. <laughs> that's it. Um, what about um? Do you have a specific? Is there like? Did I ask you if you have an actor, a particular actor you like? You asked me that, yeah, but I I don't have one. Okay, I don't okay, okay. I don't know like any actor name. <laughs> really? See, I'm like all about Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hardy, but I I might have a little more free time on my hands than you. Like for now, it's just it's just like gym and my business at the moment, pretty much that I'm working on at the moment. Well, so. I mean, you you got a lot to do. You got a lot. You got a lot on your hands, my man. Listen, hopefully, man, I. I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Much, much appreciated, sir. And um, if you, you went up at the Open World Championships, I'll see you. I'll see you in person, man. It's going to be crazy. Hopefully, it would be crazy. We'll be talking before then, though. I mean, that's not for a while. But we'll talk after Euros. We'll have you back, dude. I 
thank you for coming on the podcast. This is an easy talk, man. You're good at a conversation. For 17 years old, you never know when you have somebody on. But if free if flows freely, and you know what's cool is, I was telling people, when you're older, 25, 26, 27, you can go back and listen to yourself at 17. I think that would be pretty cool. Like in two or three years <laughs> when I'm like 19 or 20, I could just listen to this podcast and, you know, think more of the situation I was in when I was like 17 or something. So Exactly. It, it's, oh, it'll be, be cool. Awesome. It'll be cool because it's like a timestamp. Not many yeah. people have this. Not many people are going to have this. But in like years in the future, when you're still in your mid-20s, in your prime, you could be killing it in the open, killing it with all these different experiences. You can now go back. Let, let's say you end up in the Olympics. Let's say you end up winning Sheffield. Let's say stuff like that. You could go back and at 17 years old, listen to yourself and talking about you know winning sub juniors and blah 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 it's not many people are gonna have that man That's not many people are gonna awesome. have that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but we'll have uh, you back on as well hopefully i'll we'll we'll talk about that then in the future we'll talk we'll, and we'll keep we'll keep in contact and yeah i'm also pretty thankful for the opportunity to go on the bot on the podcast with you so thank for you sure for my that. man door and is open dude Doors open, dude. Is there anybody you want to thank while you're on here, by the way, or, or sponsors or anything you want to drop? Um, I would actually just like to thank my family first, definitely, because they're pretty much good supporters, I would say, because they know what I'm doing. They also like what I'm doing, and they're also coming with me to international meets. So thanks to FM and also to my close friends, yeah, Simon or... I don't know. I actually don't have that many friends. I just noticed. <laughs> don't worry about that. Your, your, your circle's going to get bigger. Yeah. Simon, Leo, or whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, man. Listen, thanks for coming on, dude. Um, you're a good conversation. You got a bright future ahead of you. And uh, I'm in your corner, man. I'm a cheerleader. Um, I, I got you back on this. So keep in the DMs. Good luck with everything. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. We'll do that. And for everybody listening, as usual, please do subscribe. Give us high ratings as usual. And until next time, six pack lap it at six up when we are out.